Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast. On this episode, you'll hear from Ven Lahovi, won a national championship with the U of M Bisons, won two Olympic bronze medals with Finland, three world bronzes, and one silver, probably should have been a gold, at this year's Worlds. And now she's an on-ice instructor for True North. We'll talk about coaching and the future of women's hockey. Also, you'll learn about an inner-city basketball program, a member of the Manitoba Bisons women's basketball team, and a staff member for Swish will join me in studio. And finally, Kelly Moore talked to Resby Coots about the Bob Pickett Memorial Bond Spiel that's coming up. That's all on the podcast. Ben Lahovi has had quite the hockey journey. She's 31 years old from Finland, won bronze medals at the 2010 and 2018 Olympics, was part of that silver medal winning team on home ice this year that was just jobbed out of a gold medal at the World Championships. She won a U-Sports national title with the Bisons women's team in 2018, became the first Finn to win the CWHL's Clarkson Cup earlier this year. And now that she's retired, she's serving as an on-ice instructor with True North. I had the chance to talk to Venla recently about her journey, why she got into coaching, and the future of women's hockey. Now, at what point did you realize that after your playing career was over, you wanted to continue in hockey and to go into coaching? Uh, to be quite honest, there's different options for me. So uh, I have a degree in communications from home, from Finland, and ESL teacher degree from U of M. And, and, and then I've been coaching kind of on the side the last years when I still played. So I applied for jobs in all those different fields, and it was just one of the options, and I'm really happy that uh, it ended up this way. What do you like about coaching? Uh, you, you know what, I'm just like, I'm really enjoying helping players to get better. Uh, it feels really good to still be part of the game, but I like not being the center myself anymore, that I get to just help help other people out and and use my experience in playing to help others. That's what I love the most about it. What are you doing then as part of the Jets hockey development program? What age kind of players are you working with? Uh, any age, any skill level, girls and boys. So I was on today with helping out day with the Moose guys, and then the next session can be learn to skate for four to five year olds. So it's honestly any, almost any age and any skill level, and both girls and boys. Why do you like Winnipeg? Well, I came here uh, four years ago, and I lived here for three years uh, playing for the Bison. So I obviously was able to build um, like a security system of friends and, and people like that and got to know the city a little bit more. And, and number one thing for me, for sure, it's the people here. And they were so supportive right from the start when I got here, helping me in my hockey career and and all the rest of it. So I would say the people make it the best for me, for sure. And, and playing hockey and now moving on to coaching, I think Winnipeg is definitely at least right now, the place to be for myself. It feels like home. Now, if the CWHL was still around, would you be playing still? No, I actually made a decision already before the last season that that will be my last one. Obviously, I gave myself time during the season to see if I still wanted to play, but it was pretty clear for me throughout the whole year that I won't play any longer, and and that wouldn't change my decision at all. What do you think of the developments in the women's pro game right now? Uh, well, obviously the skill level is really high. Uh, there's there's lots of lots of players now, all 
all around the world, and and I'm just really looking forward to, you know, getting a league in North America where we can get all the best players in the world. And and right now that league is in Sweden. Now that CWHL isn't functioning anymore, so. So I'm really hoping, knowing the numbers, how many players you have in North America, I think uh, Canada and the U.S., they deserve one one league that, you know, all the best players from all over the world can come play here, similar to the NHL. I think this is the time for women's hockey to something like that to happen. How often do you think about what happened in the World Championship? Uh, it's really hard to answer, actually. Uh, uh, sometimes comes to my mind for sure. Uh, I feel like more so when talking to my friends, like teammates from that team and and stuff, that it's not like a, I wouldn't say it's a daily thing anymore that I think about it, but obviously brings back a lot of cool memories and, and it was definitely something else that I never thought I would get to experience. So it'll definitely stay on my mind forever. If you don't mind me asking, what was that kind of five minutes like where you thought you had won and then all of a sudden you hadn't anymore? Um, you know what? You obviously go to the very highest uh, level of emotions of your career to to uh, pretty low in a shorter period of time. But at the same time, after moving on from that, I mean, I played for 27 years, so my, my hockey career isn't just the five minutes of how, you know, it all ended. In the end, I made it to the final game, which I've never done in my career before that, and it took, like, a long time to work towards that goal. And, and uh, I think there's a lot, a lot of different things on my mind than just, you know, those moments. But, yeah, it was, it was honestly to... To be completely honest now, afterwards, thinking about it, it was so cool to be able to play in that game, especially in, in Finland, my last game. And we've seen very occasionally a different country break through to break up the Canada-U.S. Re- rinse repeat that we see in pretty much every final internationally. We saw Sweden at the Olympics in 06 make the gold medal game, but that was kind of a one-off. Do you feel like Finland is here to stay with Canada, with U.S., and kind of make it more of a big three and, you know, with Sweden and Russia and have better competition at these events, or do you still think Canada and the U.S. are far above everyone else? Mm, I think it's now Canada, U.S., and Finland, to be completely honest. I would say those three teams are kind of... Obviously, there's other European teams that are that are good, and, and Finland needs to compete against those countries to be able to win, and there's there's skill everywhere, and, and every country is developing their game all the time, but I think Finland has definitely taken a step forward and and is more now closer to U.S. and Canada, and, and they're kind of more now a group instead of just those two countries. And what is it about hockey in Finland just in general, because the juniors have done so well, the men's senior men's teams have done really well. What's in the water in Finland? The hockey's going pretty well right now for that country. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see in the past couple of years the, the development with having such small numbers of players competing against, you know, bigger countries with, uh, and a lot of players in terms of numbers. But there must be you know, certain points when it comes to player development starting from very young age that they're doing right. And I think the whole idea of creating athletes and, and uh, multi-sport athletes, I think that carries over to to that level as well where 
kids aren't limited to just single sport. They they get to play all different sports, and I think they develop those skills to be to be able to become really good hockey players as well. So I think that's that's one thing for sure. And and have to remember, there's tons of good goalies coming from Finland. So goalie coaching is definitely, I think, a step ahead from compared to some other countries. Now there are a lot of Finns in the Winnipeg Jets system as well. How cool is that for you? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's it's kind of funny how a lot of them end up here. And and now that I'm working at the Iceplex and and I get to see their practices every day here now during preseason, it's it's really cool to see those Finnish names out there and kind of follow them around. And yeah, it's it's really a good feeling for sure. How much Finnish do you get to speak on a daily basis? Um, not at all. Usually, <laughs> to be honest, I there's obviously days I I try and have uh, Sundays as a day where I you know call family back home and call my friends and stuff that I have more time. So Sundays usually my my Finnish day I would say, but otherwise it's not a lot of it for sure. So are you a, are you a Jets fan now? Were you already a Jets fan, or are you just not a fan of anybody? You kind of keep it uh, even and unbiased. Uh, I kind of kind of grew up as a Montreal Canadiens fan, and that's not a that's not a very good thing uh, to say out loud in Winnipeg. I've noticed, but I grew up as a soccer boy when was my biggest idol, so I kind of followed around Montreal Canadiens a lot, and obviously now lived in Winnipeg for a couple of years and and follow that team the most. So I would say Winnipeg starts to be up there with Montreal. So those two teams. So are you allowed to wear any Montreal gear? <laughs> I don't really wear it around the city. I just have one shirt that I, you know, irregularly wear at home and, you know, out sometimes. But I'm not like a diehard fan okay. where I walk around wearing Montreal stuff. Okay, sounds good. Well, Venla, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today and uh, continued success through your uh, coaching career. Okay, thank you so much. I have two guests in studio tonight. I'm joined by Brittany Parisian from the Manitoba Bison's women's basketball team and Ben Nguyen who plays for the Canadian Mennonite University Blazers thank you two for joining me tonight thank you thanks for having us and uh, you're here to talk about Swish so Brittany we'll start with you what is Swish um it's just an outdoor basketball um (laughs) camp sort of like where uh, inner city kids can come play basketball. Anyone can really come and play basketball and it happens every Saturday and it's just outdoors and you can win some prizes and it's just a place to meet new people and play a little basketball. The summer weekend inner city supervised hoops program. It's a bit more of a mouthful than swish, but uh, for you, Ben, this is something that you participated in before and now you're playing college basketball. Yeah. So it's like, basically they just, we just come, we just play sign in stuff like that, right? And it's like, all the staff there, basically university players that used to play university basketball, some of them even play pro. So most of it is just like they could actually teach you how to play basketball, get you better, teach you like certain ways to work hard, and then could actually like brighten up your game. And then, yeah, you just kind of, that's a good thing about it. And this is something pretty, that's, it's just in a, a parking lot at the University of Manitoba, right? Yeah, literally an, opening, an open parking lot during the week. There's parked cars, and on Saturday, we hope there's no cars, and we just set up six basketball hoops and bring out the basketballs. Let's just start playing. Then we should say, okay, this is during the summer. Just yeah. the summer. So yeah. you're on break now. But yes. uh, 
Why did, first of all, we'll travel back. Why did you first start participating in the program as a person that was younger? Now you're giving back now, but let's start with why you found out about Swish in the first place. Well, I mean, like, I saw it through social media. So I decided to, like, bring some of my friends to it. And then that's when, that's when we just started going. Sometimes it may get hot, sun is crazy, but mm-hmm. like, it just this is all about basketball. We want to play basketball. And it's where we have most people that we know, like a lot of friends. We just play. That's it. And Brittany, same for you? Yeah, uh, yeah like um, my auntie and my cousin actually were a part of the original team that started Swish there. So she always told me to come out and work on my game and my cousin always told me to come out and then I started choosing to come out on my own and yeah I just kept going and this yes yeah, this is uh, the parking lot e on the Banatine campus free drop-in program so how old were you been when you started going well I would say like around 15 14 yeah around there and then I just kept going every single year went every week sometimes if I have like something to do on a Saturday I would try my best to just go whatever time it is as long as I just don't don't miss out. Right. Brittany? Uh, yeah, like 13, 14 okay. also. How much did it help your game? Um, I mean, I would say immensely because I do play for the University of Manitoba. And of course, there's other factors, but it's just nice to see different competition. And like Ben said, uh, there's people there who play university basketball or who have played or even gone pro. So it's like having those people as just like coaches or like mentors or just like someone to look up to just... It made it so much more impactful on me and my game, and it was nice to be a part of. And you've been same thing. Yeah, same thing. It's just like it just—they're just there for you to look up to, tell you tell you a lot of stories about like how they got, how they were in Switch as well, how they got to pro. It just kind of motivates me to try my best to chase that dream as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Brittany, was this something where you were kind of you know waiting all week to go play basketball for this, or were you finding other times during the week to still work on your game and shoot some hoops? Uh, yeah, when I was younger, I played a lot of basketball throughout the week. I played a lot of clubs, school basketball, but it, this was like, it was different. Swish was different. Um, I think it was a lot more, not relaxed, but a lot more fun, a lot more laughs. And it was just nice. Like I said, it was, you see a lot of p- different kind of players there that you don't really see like during the school year and stuff like that. And there it like doesn't matter who you are or whatever. Everyone just goes against everyone. It's it's great. So was the style of game maybe a bit different than Ben? Uh, I would say it's all the same. Okay. But the only difference is like, like, like she said, like I switch, there's like staffs and stuff. So like sometimes at one point during the day, we would just have like a half an hour practice where we just do some organized stuff like layup lines, shooting drills, footwork stuff. So just like just kind of like stuff like that just to get you better. But other than that, if it's outside like outside switch, then we just play basketball basically. Okay. And just pick up, right? Yeah, pick yeah. up. Okay. And now you're part of the staff that puts on switch. So how is it now uh, maybe a different perspective being on the other side of the mentor kind of relationship there? Um, I think, well, I think one of the big ones is it is a hard job. Like, I feel like when kids come, they see us and they're they're like, you're so lucky. All you get to do is come play basketball. And 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 that's true. But once again, they don't really see us do the setup, the takedown. And like, like there's like six or seven staff and 40 kids. That's a lot of kids to take care of and like just watch out for. Um, But it's just great to see them having fun out there. Is there any wisdom you try to impart on the kids now that you're in a different position now that you're the mentor? Well, I mean, I just try my best to 
sometimes just teach them the stuff that I learn, and but most importantly, just have fun, right? I don't want to just bore them out with just whatever I drills. tell them. Yeah, drills, stuff like that. I could do some drills, but just add games towards that drill. So we just play points, mm-hmm. score this, score like up to ten wins. What about fouls? Like fouls, I would say like. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. for me, I just tell them to sometimes play through it. Depends. It depends on the situation. If it's like a really hard foul, then I would say that's a foul. Right. But if it's just like a normal slap yeah. where yeah. nobody gets hurt, I would say just play through yeah, it. Street ball, you play through it. Yeah. Yeah, street it's ball. A lo- it's a lot of playing through it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what are the, what's the age range of people that come to this, Brittany? Um, I'm pretty sure it's from, I don't know, 12, 12 to 17 or 18. But... Like, we don't turn away kids that, like, say they're eight or whatever and they come through. Like, of course, like, we just hope that like, their parents know about it or whatever. But yeah. there's not, we never really turn down anyone. If someone comes and they're 20, they want to play a little basketball, yeah. sure. Just come through. We just want everyone to have fun. Um, but it's meant for 12 to 17 years old. Right, you don't want some 19-year-old backing down an 11-year-old <laughs> in the post, yeah. right? Yeah. But, like, our main focus is to get as many kids out as possible. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to, like, also, like, run games so we have like about six courts in 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 the parking lot so we want to be able to run five on fives in every single court and we also want some teams to even be waiting for next we want that you want it to be crowded yeah really crowded sometimes even we make tournaments nice like three and three tournaments four and four tournaments with prize whoever wins right and then we just put on social media everybody sees it they make teams Mm -hmm. they just all come out just compete stuff like that and then the more people around and then there's kids passing by and they're like "Ooh, what's happening like come through do a lot of people know about swish I mean, like, I feel like when if I I feel like this year more people knows about it because like mm-hmm. I think we most had like the most we had was like fifty kids over yeah. fifty kids that was wow. the record yeah, yeah so I, that was a lot of kids actually like especially sometimes when it rains those fifty kids we end up going inside to the um the health science center and they have a gym in there and I would say like sometimes it gets crowded in there so yeah. we just hope we hope the rain would stop so we right. just go back outside and just play is it ever too hot to play Brittany. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but um, we just make sure, like, when it's very hot, we make sure that we stop games or anything, and we make sure they get water, water, water. And, yeah, of course it gets too hot, but I feel like when you're just out there playing, you kind of forget. Okay. Yeah. Sunscreen as well. We don't forget <laughs> we that. We do have sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, good. So does, do kids come up to you and say, like, I'm, you know, so grateful for that you guys are doing this, like, you're an inspiration to me now? No, they would say stuff like, I would beat you one-on-one. Talking <laughs> like trash. Yeah. Talking trash, but I, I don't take that to my heart. I just, yeah. be, like, I just be like, okay. Kids are having fun. Yeah, Let's play for, for sure. it. Yeah. And we just have fun. Do you try your hardest against the kids? Uh, I mean, like, depends, right? So if <laughs> some kids are like my size, I'll play a little harder. Just, like, challenge them more. I don't want to just play too easy because it's not going to get them any better, right? Mm-hmm. They want to be able to, They want to be able to play people that's, like, better than them or, like, older or taller, <laughs> bigger, stuff like that. Right. You want be, oh, I, yeah. I always try and beat them. I'm not yeah. going to let some little 12-year-old beat me in a shooting well, competition. I mean, that too. <laughs> <laughs> if I, they, they want to come up and challenge me, I'm not going to back down. Yeah, I guess you got to lay the hammer down, right? Yeah. Show them who's boss. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for coming to the studio. This is great. And I, I know it's a while till you're back out on the, the courts there at Bannatine, but I think uh, everyone that goes to there appreciates the work that you guys are doing. Thank so you. thank you again. Now, earlier this year, we lost a Manitoba sports broadcasting legend with the passing of former CGOB sports director Bob Pickin in late January. But his memory will live on with the establishment of a new curling event in his honor and the introduction of two junior curling legacy funds. Joining me now, CGOB's current sports director, Kelly Moore, with more on that. Kelly?
Thanks very much, Christian. And on the line, I have a member of the Bob Pick and Valor Road Master Bonspiel Board Committee. He has a lot of other titles too, but that's the one that we're going to use for this particular conversation. <laughs> Resby Coots joins me now. We have a really, really neat event that is going to be coming up next week uh, that we are so proud to be a part of. Before we talk about uh, the legacy fund that's attached to this, tell me a little bit about how the Bob Pickin Valor Road Masters Bonspiel the Thistle all came about. Well, it goes back uh, obviously to uh, you know last spring and uh, and the time uh, you know when we were all feeling the loss of, of a great friend and and uh, you know a, a marvelous broadcaster and you know and mentor to uh, all of us in the broadcast industry uh, when Bob Pickin passed away. Um, a group of guys uh, involved with uh, seniors curling at at uh, Thistle, uh, which is the Thistle is, of course, the old Valor Road Curling Club where Bob uh, made his name on the curling ice. But a group of the organizers who had worked with Bob with, on the senior league there and, and a couple of others of us uh, just sat down and said, uh, wouldn't it be kind of nice if we were to honor Bob's uh, memory uh, and his contributions uh, to the sporting community, but also obviously primarily to the curling community in this instance. And by running a master's age bond spiel, uh, uh, there are a bunch of us who've uh, crept over and some of us well over the age of 60, which is master's age. And, and, and we're very much the generation that remembers Bob and his um, uh, game play-by-play broadcasts on CGOB way back when. And, and of course, all of his uh, 25 minutes after the hour reports on our sport. And and so we uh, we got together, put together a plan, and uh, yeah, we got 30 teams. Uh, uh, we're going to play uh, 30 teams a game a day for three days, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week at Thistle, and then uh, 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 half of them are going to uh, play a couple more games in the playoffs. Right, and and I think this is so cool what you guys have done, Resby, with respect to when the draw times are set for this event. Well, you know, it's just one of those little, little wee things that sometimes you get to do. And, and yes, we have set the, the morning game time is 9.25 and the afternoon game time is 2.25. Uh, unfortunately, our noon game has to be at noon. But, but that 9.25 and 2.25 uh, uh, were times we all tuned in at 25 minutes after the hour to listen to Bob Pickin on CGOB and and uh, no matter what sport, and obviously Bob covered the whole gamut of sports, but but during uh, the winter, during the curling season, uh, we were all tuned in at 25 after the hour to find out what was going on in the bond spiel or the championship or or just in our sport generally. Well, well you know what, you can, you can paraphrase it this way, Resby, if there was breaking news, Bob would have had it at noon too, so there you well, go. Well, there you go. <laughs> And uh, with with this particular event, I just want to say that uh, we're very pleased here at 680 CJOB that uh, we were uh, given the opportunity uh, to be involved with this on the sponsorship basis because, it, Rusby, it was a no-brainer for all the things you have just described about how PIC and what PIC meant to this community and to this sport. This This was something we had to be a part of. Well, you know, Kelly, uh, you know, uh, at least by reputation, my good friend Reed Lombard out in Brandon, uh, probably the single best 
curling sponsorship salesman uh, uh, that I ever had the privilege to work with, and and he always had a patter that uh, that went somewhere along the lines of we've got a priority list, uh, and you're right at the top of it, and uh, and quite often he only had a list of one, but uh, <laughs> uh, in uh, in this instance. My priority list, uh, our committee's priority list, uh, very obviously was only one. Uh, CJOB had to be uh, directly involved, and, and we're delighted that, that you folks uh, agreed to come on board. Uh, uh, you'll be recognized as the, uh, as the championship sponsor, uh, the championship event sponsor. We're not calling you the title sponsor of the Bonspiel because we didn't actually want to, to uh, to uh, Bob Pickin is the title sponsor, yes. and that's that. Uh, but uh, CJOB is the uh, championship event sponsor, and and uh, one of the things that the sponsorship uh, was designed to do, and and which it's turning out uh, to have accomplished, uh, uh, CJOB, uh, Asham Curling, as you would guess, got on board. Uh, uh, Brian Kushner, St. James Physiotherapy uh, Center over on uh, Silver Avenue, and then uh, um, the uh, Valor Road Past President uh, are our other event sponsors, and and that's helped us create the legacy fund uh, that we're uh, that we're launching to uh, to support uh, junior curling programs around the province. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. I was just going to uh, segue into that, uh, Resby, just for the last couple of minutes that we have here. Uh, there are going to be two $500 Bob Pick and Legacy funds, and, and, and you're committed for at least the next five years for those? Our, our intent uh, when we started the bond spiel was that we would run for five years and then evaluate, uh, you know, at our age, frankly, uh, our committee might not exist in five years' time, but uh, but we felt a five-year commitment on the bond spiel made sense, and therefore we attached a five-year commitment to uh, a pair of $500 uh, junior development grants to what we're calling developing junior programs uh, in uh, Curl Manitoba affiliated clubs around the province. Uh, uh, I mean, we'll certainly accept uh, applications for um, for the grants from uh, from any junior program, but but we are going to be uh, you know Bob was such a champion of the sport in so many ways, and 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 we just felt like if there's a club. Uh, or a school, a club-related school program somewhere that that we could just help get going or or help them make some extra strides uh, through the contribution of a of a five hundred dollar check that that those is that's the way we wanted to go with the legacy fund. So uh, we're still working on some details uh, as to the application process. Uh, uh, frankly, the organizational details from the bond spiel sort of got in the way, and uh, and uh, so we've got it out of the way, and the draws made and been circulated, and and so we'll be uh, we'll be looking for uh, applications uh, to be circulated by Curl Manitoba, and uh, uh, the way I described it uh, in one comment is uh, Bob Pickens spent his life uh, working to uh, hourly deadlines, uh, so we've got. Uh, uh, about a month of a deadline to make this happen. Uh, we're pretty confident we can make it happen. I don't know that I could uh, add anything to that, so I think we'll leave it right there. Resby, thanks a bunch for this, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at the Thistle next week. You bet. You'll be there Friday afternoon. I think we've scheduled the final game for 1 o'clock, so uh, uh, we expect you there, Kelly, to uh, to hand out the trophy uh, at the end of the bond spiel. I'll do my 12:25, and then uh, hurry hard over there, as Pick would say. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kelly. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I 
think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs>